Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Okay, okay. I want to do something really cool on this episode here with you today and something that we've never done here on the show. So I had a girl reach out, a girl, sorry. I had a woman reach out. She's definitely not a girl. I had a woman reach out uh, a few weeks ago at the end of November asking me a question um, and laying out her situation and problems that she's having in her business. I thought, first, A, awesome. Thank you for reaching out. I love connecting with people who follow and listen to the podcast. Um, B, you're having issues and, and, and you feel stuck. So asking is one of the very first steps for figuring out where you're going wrong. And B, or C, she asked me if I would do a podcast episode on this. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to read out the message that I got on Instagram in my DM. Her name's Brianna. I'm not going to give full details to add a little uh, disc- um, add a little co- confidentiality here, but I thought her situation would really help you out because I'm sure that you're going to be able to see yourself in Brianna's story and some problems that she's having with her business and getting clients on. From there, I actually want to go into detail with you on this show as to what I would recommend for her. So this is going to kind of be like a little behind-the-scenes private coaching session. So Brianna is someone who just reached out. She's not a client, but I am always, always happy to offer insightful knowledge, advice, and tips to help you along. So if you have any questions, you're always welcome to reach out. Um, Like I said, like that's the first step for changing anything. And then you also give me awesome, great content to do podcasts on. So everybody wins here. Okay, so let me go through and read this message from Brianna. Um, it's it's a little lengthy, but I definitely want, I think I need to read the whole thing so that you see the, the insight. And then I'm going to go through exactly what I would recommend for her to do to get out of this situation. And we're going to look at this from two different aspects. So this is what Brianna reached out saying. She said, hi, Sarah, I've been trailing along behind you for quite some time now. And I want to start off by saying I love your podcast. I listen to them on my way to work. Yay. High five. I love the podcast too. (laughs) Anyway, I'm a NASM CPT, NASM WLS, NASM FNS. I have a BS in biological sciences and I'm back in school to become a registered dietitian. I say all of that to let you know, I feel like I have a lot to offer a hopeful client. But I've been in business since January of this year, and not only have I not gotten a single one-on-one client, one-on-one online client, but I've barely sold any of my programs that I've worked so hard to put together. I just launched signups for a six-week challenge I worked very hard to put together. My signups just opened yesterday, but based on my social media trends, I'm worried no one will sign up. FYI, I'm a full-time, I'm a full-time, Uh, I am a full-time, I'm in full-time school health technician. 
Whoa, that's a mouthful. I'm a full-time school health technician, school nurse. But as I got deeper into my RD course, I won't be able to work full-time. I'd like to be able to train, coach, and host challenges online full-time eventually, but I'm having such a hard time getting started. One thing I see see a lot and hear you say is to share client progress and testimonials. How do you do that when you can't get clients to begin with? I feel like I'm following all of your advice, but I'm just not getting anywhere. Would love to have a podcast on how to build something from nothing. You and Joe are the best and congrats on your engagement. All right. So that's Brianna's situation. And I'm sure that, you know, you listening here, you can pick up on maybe one or two things that you're going to benefit from this talk. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to tell you basically how I would break down this situation. And trust me, like we see this a lot and this is why I do what I do so that clients can come on, they can lay out their situation because most of the time, just like Brianna said here, we can feel like we're doing everything right We're following the advice of the experts giving help, and you're piecing together different parts. But usually when you're stuck, you just don't have all of the components. So I'm going to give some insight into some of this here, but this is definitely, you know, something that needs to be a work in progress over, you know, the next few weeks or months, Brianna, um, as I'm sure you're probably listening here, to lay out more of the foundational pieces for business. And most of the time when we're watching or taking advice from people, yes, you know, take advice. This is why I do these shows. But we have to understand that what you see on the outside from someone's marketing is only a small glimpse of what's really, really going on in someone's business. So unless you really sit down with a coach to lay out foundations, to lay out your business model, to lay out the strategic steps to take in order to market, get clients on board, run programs, launch programs, all that thing, all that stuff, you're only getting a small glimpse. It's kind of like the iceberg analogy. You know, what you see of an iceberg sticking out of the water is a fraction of the whole piece that's actually happening and and being there. So the same thing for a business. And I've been stuck in this situation as well, where you look at other people launching things, or you look at the way other people are marketing things, and you kind of... Uh, you know, follow along and you you mimic and you make it your own and you turn things into your own languaging and your own branding. And you're like, hmm, I'm doing what they're doing. Why am I not having the same success? So there's that component that I definitely want you to be aware of that we can be looking around at what other people are doing, but a business, just like an iceberg from the marketing outside perspective, you only see like the front end of someone's business. And it's actually like we make make our money on the back end of a business. Um, I think that's a whole episode in itself to help you really understand the front end and back end of a business. But for now, let me just break down what I'm seeing going on with Brianna. So like what I said, I'm going to break it down into two parts. First, when someone comes to me and they say, I'm not getting clients, First, we need to look at the first layer, which is marketing, like your attraction methods. How are you trying to attract people in? And she's saying she's not getting much traction on her social. So we're going to have a look at her social. We're going to have a look at her marketing. We're going to have a look at what's going on there. After marketing, we also have to look at the offer. What is she offering? How is she positioning that? How is she selling that? Because that's the buying decision of people. They may like your marketing, but then once they come in and look at your offer, that could that could change things. Or if your marketing is not right, then you're not even going to get anybody to look at your offering. 
So first off with looking at her marketing, and I'm just going to bring up her social here so I have some numbers for you to understand. She has 4,800 people following her on Insta. So just under 5,000 followers. Her Instagram bio has a couple things listed here. So it has her name, and then it says NASM CPT, and then it says ECU BC Biology, and then it says RD 2B, and then it says six-week challenge signups on now, sign up here, and a link to her programs. So when I first come to someone's Instagram and I'm having a look at their profile, the first thing I look at is the bio. And to be honest, I don't even know what these acronyms mean. I know that NASM is a a PT certification down in the United States. Um, But in here in Canada, like we don't have that here in Canada. So if I wasn't in the fitness world, I would not know what NASM is. Um, Here's the reality of your bio. No one cares about your qualifications because they don't know what they mean. Even if you say, you know, I'm a fascial stretch therapist, um, you know, I'm a foam roller expert here, I'm barefoot certified in this, like the people you're trying to attract in, they don't know what that means. And your qualifications do not create authority for your market. So in your bio, I would have a statement. Who do you help and what problem do you solve? And and we're going to get to that a little bit as we get into this solution. So that when someone first lands on your Instagram, your bio, you know, they know exactly what you do. Listing a bunch of acronyms and qualifications, it leaves people confused, even like myself who's in the fitness industry. So scrap all that stuff because don't let your education be the foundation for your marketing because you'll never be able to get clients that way when no one even understands what that education means. All that people care about in marketing is, can this person help me? That's all that they want to know. So you need to state really clearly the problem that you solve and who you help. So that's the first thing that I notice when I come to her profile is her bio is just, it's just not clear on what she does and who she helps. Which kind of leads me into my next piece with going through the marketing as well. So she does a lot of, like, there's a lot of exercise videos. Um, You know, there's photos of her body. Everything is clean. It's classy. There's photos of her holding food. From a visual perspective, things look good. So the visual perspective of what's happening here is great. But what needs to be more clear and more concise is the messaging behind all the visual stuff. So when Instagram came out in 2000, and I believe it came out in 2012 and really started blowing up in 2013, it was a visual platform and the written component of the post didn't matter as much. Now it's completely changed because we know that Instagram is visual. People go there, they're watching videos, they're watching stories, they're looking at photos, but people actually want to indulge into your content. So you need to be doing nice write-ups and the the write-ups need to be very niche specific. And if the write-ups aren't niche specific, it means the business is not niche specific either. So that's the other thing I'm seeing here with Brianna is that there is absolutely no niche. So, you know, I I know that she's certifying a lot of stuff. She's a fitness coach. um, She's a trainer. But what problem does she solve? And, And who does she help? So fitness is such a 
it's such a broad, broad aspect. And when we're niching down, what we have to look at is, okay, you're certified to train someone. Do you train them for bodybuilding? You know, do you train them to build muscle, build strength? Um, you know, do you help people with endurance? Maybe you you help people with running or marathons or maybe some sports-specific conditioning or, or exercise or coaching there. Do you help people lose weight? There are so many, you know, do you help people with mobility? Maybe you do rehabilitation work. There are so many different areas in fitness. Fitness is just a massive blanket, and we need to niche that down so that people come to you for a very specific reason. And when we don't state that in our marketing or we're not clear with our languaging or the communication through our marketing message, people don't know what you do, which then ultimately doesn't attract anybody into what you're doing. So, you know, the first thing is like figuring out like what's my niche? So, you know, what specific area of fitness do I help people with? And then looking at who do I help? Do I help men? Do I help women? Do I help both? And then from there, niching that target down even further too. So if you work with women, do you help moms? Maybe help just new moms. Maybe help moms who have kids that are more older and independent and they're focused on getting their priority back for themselves. Maybe you help high executive women who just don't make time for themselves or make themselves a priority. Maybe you help entrepreneurial, high-performing, high executive men in their in, in with their fitness. And then from there, when we figure out who we help, we need to come back to that that niche problem and ask, why does this person want to blank? So why does this new mom want to lose weight? Why does this high executive, high performing male want to build muscle and strengthen their body? Why does this, you know, 35-year-old woman who's gained, you know, 30 pounds over the last 10 years want to lose weight and, you know, get her body back? Like, why? And when you get really clear on the why of the person that you're trying to target in, this allows you to create really targeted messaging with your market. So people could want more confidence, You know, people could want to overcome some sabotaging behavior, like maybe they're yo-yo dieting or yo-yoing their their fitness and activity levels. Maybe they're dealing with binge eating. Maybe they have eating disorders. Um, You know, maybe their lifestyle has changed and they just don't know how to incorporate fitness. Like, you know, you look at new parents. It's an entirely different lifestyle shift and they need to learn to create a new life, new actions, new habits around this change. So... And this is why niching down is so important because once you develop your niche and your target market and the problem that you help these people solve, it allows you to shout from every marketing angle you can exactly who you help and what you help them with and allows you to create a course and programs in order to help people with that specific problem. So just because you get certified as a dietitian or as a personal trainer or as a nutritionist or as a therapist or anybody who's in the service-based business, like this talk is for anybody who's in a service-based business, you are qualified 
you know, you get certified so that you're qualified to perform an action with a client. That's not your business. Like, your business is not personal training. Your business is to solve a problem for a very specific person. And with you being the business owner, you get to decide what that problem is that you solve for those people. And that's the whole point of niching. And when I look at Brianna's profile, there's absolutely no niche because, you know, in her posting, sure, she might be, you know, doing an exercise, but who is she talking to? Like, what problem does that exercise solve? If you, let's do something really simple that everybody can understand here. Let's say you're showing someone how to do a squat. People don't come to you just for that information. You know, go on YouTube, go on Google how to do a squat. You'll get that information. People are going to be attracted to your account to your programs, to you, because you talk about that squat in a really specific way. So maybe someone doesn't know how to perform a squat because they've never gotten into the gym and lifted heavy to actually transform their body to do a bodybuilding competition or to build muscle and really change the structural physique of their body. Maybe they... um, don't know how to properly do a squat because of a previous injury that you help people manipulate around certain injuries that they have. Um, You know, maybe, you know, you help pregnant women perform exercises properly for, for safety reasons and to help them through that very specific reason. So when we go to market and you market information, make sure that information is very specific to one certain prob- person with one particular problem. And, and that, that's the, the process of niching down so that you become really attractive to one specific person. Because when we're not talking to one specific person and we're talking to everybody about everything in such a generalized context to our messaging, it doesn't land with anybody. So, Brianna, find your niche. And what I suggest is look at what you have overcome. So, for example, in my fitness business, my niches were always what I had overcome or what I was working through. So as long as you are two, three, four steps ahead of someone else, pick that as your niche. So, for instance, I coached women on body transformations and bodybuilding competitions. So if you want to do like a photo shoot or get in the best shape of your life or do a fitness or bodybuilding competition, I did massive transformations. That's what I learned to do for myself, and then I started to learn to do for clients as well. Then my niche changed to more internal health, working on balancing hormones, working on gut health, working on a balanced, sustainable fitness, because that's what I learned to do for myself after I stopped doing all these radical body transformations. So my niche moved with me as I was learning and growing through problems and issues myself. And that's the best way for you to niche if you're building a personal brand is because you get to bring your audience and community with you along your own journey. And as long as you have information and tools and tactics and solutions for people that you've grown through, that you've had experiences from, market and help people through those situations. So step back and think, okay, in the last three to five years, what have I overcome? And how did I overcome that? And how can I teach and coach people through that problem that I've overcome? So niche down, Brianna. The So first thing I said was Instagram bio. She really had no niche, so everything wasn't niche down. And then there was there's really no authority with her posting. 
or with her marketing. And what I mean by that is there's not a lot of education. And maybe this is, and I find that people don't give a lot of education because they haven't even niched down. So they don't even know exactly who they're trying to help or the problem that they're trying to solve. So how can you step forward as an authority for a specific topic when your business hasn't even been niched down? So pick that niche, educate the crap out of your audience, like give away everything that you would give to a client, that you would coach to a client. Look what I'm doing right now. This is an exact conversation that I would have with Brianna if we got on a coaching call and I'm going through her Instagram. Because I know that people don't buy information anymore. And this is a topic we're, we're going to get to in a second. People pay for you to be their coach. They pay for you to soundboard ideas off them. They pay for you to hold them accountable to the goals that they want. They pay you as that trusted source to be able to, you know, feel that connection with and to bond with and be like, this is my coach. And I have that reassurance from them. So in your marketing, to make yourself an authority figure for a specific topic, you need to educate your audience. You need to give information. You need to show and to prove to people that, hey, this person knows what they're talking about. I trust them. And that builds authority. Um, I'm not going to go into authority too much because I did a whole episode on how to build authority. I think it was like three or four episodes ago. So you can jump in and and listen to that. I think it's like the four ways to build authority in your niche. Um, The other thing about authority I do want to do you want to touch on that Brianna can add in is beliefs. So like, what does she believe in? And what are her methods and processes? So when a client comes on, you know, what does she believe in when it comes to fitness training? Does she believe in metabolic conditioning workouts? Does she believe in heavy lifting? Does she believe in home training? Um, does she believe in body weight? Does she believe in minimal equipment? Or does she believe in like full out like gym Uh, gym equipments to maximize those results. Like there's so many different areas. And again, this comes down into niching um, with beliefs. And then, you know, even like with with the the nutrition component, um, you know, does she believe in vegan eating? Does she believe in carb cycling? Does she believe in, you know, whole foods? Like does she believe in macro counting? Like there's so many areas that we can go into when it comes down in to the beliefs and the processes and the methods in how you run your business because everybody's going to be different. And when you niche down, when you figure out, okay, what's my area of topic, my zone of genius, who am I trying to attract in, what are they dealing with? And then you break down into your processes of like, this is how I transform people. This is what I believe. This is how I get results for myself and for my clients. And when you market those beliefs, again, this attracts in so many, so many different people. Um, But sorry, not so many different people. This attracts in the exact person that you're trying to connect with because people will hire on someone who believes in like vegan bodybuilding. Like that's a really specific niche. So vegan bodybuilding are going to attract in those people who want to transform their body, who want the high performance activities in order to reach a result, but also who believe in doing it from a vegan perspective with their diet. And like, you know, a vegan culture is going to pull in so many people. And when people are looking for solutions to their problem, like people shop around. Like we all shop around. Just think about yourself. I want you to think about even like your fitness journey. You know, I, I help health and fitness professionals. I know that's who I attract and listen to this podcast. So when it comes to changing your health or changing your body, don't tell me that you haven't tried a bunch of different methods on yourself. 
that you haven't like followed certain people because you're like, oh, like, you know, maybe I feel like macro counting is a way for me. And, and you follow this one person because they live and breathe that, they coach on that. So you're coming to them for information. And then sometimes maybe we swing to, you know, somewhere else and, and we're trying something different. We all do that. So when we want to attract people into what we're doing, we need to have a really clear, strong belief and method and process and how we coach people to actually attract people in. So then we start giving education and building that authority for that specific topic and area of expertise. And then once that trust comes, then people will reach out for your help. So it's like this cascade effect of clarifying your niche and who you want to work with, building your authority, educating your audience, becoming really clear in what your beliefs are, what your process, what your method is for coaching, and then instilling that in your marketing message over and over and over and over again. And then you become a trusted source for that area. So then when you do call to actions for your programs or services, people will trust and buy into you because they know, oh, that's how she coaches and this is how she gets results for people. So I hope that has helped there. That's from like point number one with like looking at the marketing when I just kind of scroll through her Instagram. Um, The Instagram bio needs to be more clear. She's not niche down as to exactly what she does. And she hasn't created that authority, you know, with her audience for coaching on a really specific topic and giving that education and proving to people that she is a valuable source for how she coaches. Um, and, and this brings me back into what I said before is like qualifications don't equal authority. So just because, you know, you have five, 10, 20 acronyms behind your name, maybe you have 20 years of education and courses, that does shit all for the authority over people. That used to be the determining factor back in, I would say like early 2000s for hiring someone oh, they're qualified. Do you have a recommendation? Um, You know, have they been in business for a year or two? Okay, I trust them. Now, like that's not how the world works anymore. We are such a technology-driven, connected social world. And we follow hundreds and hundreds of people for different information and different sources of knowledge. So when we're going to look for a coach, and, you know, even myself— I will follow and creep people for a while before I actually make that decision. And most of the time when I hire people on as coaches, I'm not asking what their qualifications are. Heck, I'm a business coach right now. I have absolutely zero, and I am saying this with pride, I have zero qualifications from a paper certification standpoint to be a business coach. But yet, you know, Joe and I just created a half a million dollar business in the past year because because we share our beliefs, we share our expertise, we know how to position ourselves as as an authority. I have been showing up, educating you and helping you for how long now? That's what builds the authority in order for you to have the business and bring in the clients. So just stop putting so much validity on qualifications. And this is actually why Joe and I started this business is because we see so many over- overqualified people struggling to make money, struggling to get clients. Because the those of us, and, and I'm going to say us because I'm in this boat too, I love the human body. I love what I've been able to do for my life. Uh, I love learning about 
cellular processes and imbalances and how to fix or, you know, you know, putting together a workout routine and knowing that if I follow this for so long, it's going to get me a certain result. Like geek out. I geek out over that stuff. And I know you do too. And you become a sponge of knowledge and information. So therefore, when you are a sponge of knowledge and information, you hold so much of your self-worth and validity for getting clients on learning more. Meanwhile, and I've even found this, you know, through fitness coaching and even through business coaching, my clients only really use like 10% of the knowledge that I actually have. Because in order for you to actually get results for clients, you don't need to know a ton of complicated information. And your clients don't want to know exactly how the body works or how muscles fire or how that food gets processed in the body. They just want to know, tell me what to do, hold me accountable, and get me results. Like, that's it. So... I value education, like I'm definitely a geek in many different areas, but I don't put my self-worth for building a business on more knowledge and more knowledge and more knowledge. Because a lot of times learning more actually creates an imposter syndrome in you for thinking that you're not good enough to be able to go out and market yourself, that you're not good enough yet to be able to get clients, that you're not worthy enough yet to work with people to ask for money from people because you're looking at people who know 10,000 times more knowledge than you do so that you never feel good enough. So that's my little like rant about qualifications. I don't discredit them. I'm not saying don't be qualified to do what you do. Just be careful how much energy, time, and money you put into your continuing education versus the creation and the way you put yourself out there into the marketplace and the way you ask for sales and ask for clients and ask for money. They, there needs to be this really delicate balance between consumption of information and creation of marketing, creation of products, creation of business. All right, so that sums up part number one with looking at like the marketing foundation of what she's doing. Um, the other thing I would say about that before I get into point number two here, which is the offer, um, I, I don't know how many, how many layers deep her marketing goes. So social media should be like one surface layer to marketing. Building an email list should have more of a priority and focus than building a social following. I'm going to say that again. Building an email list should have more focus, clarity, determination, and effort put into it than building a social media following. Social media platforms will come and go. Instagram will be dead one day. I, I, I promise you this. It might not be in five years, 10 years, but there are waves of social media platforms. An email list is something that you own. It's like an inner circle. As long as people have jobs or need to sign up for memberships or have accounts in places, everyone will have an email address. So having an, building an email list solidifies long-term business. It also solidifies long-term relationships with those contacts. Because on social platforms, if people stop liking and commenting on your stuff, they stop seeing it. Whereas an email list, they literally need to unsubscribe and opt out from that list in order to stop getting stuff from you. So, 
you know, uh, you know, building out layers of your marketing, social media should be, yeah, one focus, but I would put more focus into building an email list and gathering business from an email. We, I gain more business from my email list than I do from my social platform. I have 40,000 people following me on Instagram and, you know, less than 10,000 on an email list. And we get more business that way. So just look at those layers of, of that marketing and, and building out the more solid layers of marketing. Okay, let's get into talking about the actual offer. So if marketing is solidified and stable and clear and you're niche down, you know, if people like your marketing, so you know, she was talking about that she was marketing a six-week marketing a six-week challenge. Let's say you know, that person is reading that marketing message is enticed in order to click into her website to actually see the offer. When I go in to look at the offer for what she's offering online, I see a one-time buy option for a couple different programs that are anywhere from $50 to $75. So I'm assuming that these are programs that people just buy, they get them, see you later, we're not talking anymore. And then I also see an option for online personal training, which is $90 a month, and it comes with some email accountability uh, and some components to that program. This, this is an area that I would strongly recommend that Brianna rehaul. Rehaul the entire offer in the business. And I actually had a, I had a phone call this morning um, with uh, with an old fitness client, Leslie. She's done some business coaching with us as well. Hey, Les, I, I know you listen to this show. And I'm going to reiterate, re- reiterate what you and I talked about on that call this morning. There's a wave changing with the online space. I would say back in the 2000s, one-time buy products, ebooks, downloads were big. Like that was the rave. That's how you would make money online. And in even to do that, like from a sustainable income perspective, so let's just say like you're looking to make $5,000 a month from your online. I would say $5,000 a month would secure that you have a full online, like full-time online business. So let's just like use that arbitrary number, $5,000 a month. In order for you to make $5,000 a month, how many $50 programs do you need to sell per month? And then from there, you need to look at, okay, what does my audience size need to be so that I get a percentage of those every single month buying $50 one-time purchase? It's not a sustainable way to build an online income nowadays because you need, uh, you would need an email list of like 50,000 people plus multiple affiliates pushing your product in order to make a sustainable income from a $50 product one time buy. So it's not a way to make a sustainable income online nowadays. So I would personally scratch it. I would give those programs away for free as an opt-in in order to get email addresses, nurture those contacts in an email list, and then sell them on the back end to an actual coaching program which brings me into my next point. So she had an online personal training for $90 per month. Online training is so, I'm gonna use my words carefully here. Online training is, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. It's overdone right now. Um, It's becoming oversaturated. And people are struggling to get clients from it because it's oversaturated, because people aren't niche down, and because you're not actually giving people what they need. And I am someone saying this to you 
who built an online personal training business that started in 2011. I like literally just shut it down a year ago, stopped taking on clients. And in the end, I was seeing this trend. I would not be able to start my fitness business now in 2018 the way that I did back in 2011 because the online space shifts. So let me, let me enlighten you here. People are not paying for information anymore. This brings me back to that point I mentioned earlier. So if you're trying to sell a training program, uh, a diet plan, and like check-ins, people aren't paying you for a workout program. People can go on Google. People have apps now. People can download ways of eating and different diets and trends of trends of eating. Like informa- we are on information overload. And this is the shift that's happening because the 2000s were all about the information age. That's when like the internet really came up. That's when social media really started getting into play. And people had so much more accessibility to knowledge and information. So that pe- so people were selling information. Nowadays, if you try to just sell information, you're not going to get anybody because you can get information for free. So what people want now is people want coaching programs. People want to feel like they're getting a piece of you. People buy you. So you need to sell you. So if someone is going to come into a coaching program, and I'll break down a little bit what a coaching program would look like, they are going to want to feel like they're being coached by you. They're getting information by you. They're getting reassurance from you. They're buying into your community and your beliefs on how to solve a problem. So that's what you sell. Unless you have a really, really big influence right now, and I'm talking, you know, you have an email list of thousands and thousands of people. Maybe you have a private Facebook group community that you nurture and has a lot of activity in it. And you probably have 50,000 plus people following you on a social media platform. Then maybe you can get away with selling online PT with just giving a workout nutrition program and weekly check-ins. People want coaching programs. And this is what I mean by a coaching program. You really figure out what your niche is. And this is what I did with SA, this is what I did with my fitness uh, my fitness business in the end in 2017. And it was highly successful. Like I saw a huge shift in the way that people responded as opposed to how I was just trying to sell um, nutrition programs, training programs, and some weekly check-ins with me. So when I went to a coaching program, I did this with my SAF, my sexiest fuck program. And what it did is it helped women overcome sabotaging behaviors, yo-yo dieting, and teach them sustainable fat loss and fitness. That's what I did. And I did this through a group coaching program where every week I did a weekly Facebook Live coach coaching. So for a half an hour, usually an hour because I do like to talk, we I would talk to them for an hour as a group through, you know, a private Facebook group and they had a community, they had coaching, they had me talking through the problems and sticking points and, you know, those behaviors and habits in their life that are not serving them for their goal. That's, that's coaching. Coaching is not giving information. Coaching is helping people through situations and mindset and habits and, you know, behaviors. 
So, and then also giving them some some private one-on-one check-ins as well. This transformed everything. And I actually had people buying into the exact same program when I launched it for the second time with none of the information changing. So just think about that. So what exactly were people buying into? It wasn't a new program because the workouts were the same, the the, the nutrition was structured the same, um, same recipes, same nutritional outline, same eating guidelines, food lists, recipes, all that stuff. They were buying in to the coaching, knowing that they were showing up for a live once a week and they were supported. They were buying into the community, knowing that they, they were part of a group and they felt supported through something. So that's where the online world is going. And I want you to even look around at your own buying habits right now. Doesn't have to be fitness, has to do with like anything. What entices you to come into a program or to hire a coach? It's probably not just information you're buying into. You're probably buying into some live trainings. You're probably buying into a community. You're probably buying into accountability to make sure that you do what needs to be done. So if that's what you're buying into, and I'm telling you that that's what a lot of people are buying into nowadays, I want you to step back and have a look at how your offer is structured and how can you integrate more of this stuff of what people actually want nowadays so that your offers are enticing. And, you know, Brianna here is charging $90 a month for online PT you know, you create a coaching experience, you create a community, you can charge two to $300 per month for that and people will pay for it. And you're actually probably going to be doing your clients so much more of a service, giving them so much more information and help and support of what they actually need in order to make transformation in their life by coaching, by putting together a group program with some private stuff accessible as well, some some private coaching or some private check-ins with you. And this is why, to be honest, like Joe and I don't do a lot of private one-on-one coaching right now. We, we turn down clients and we put them into our mentorship program because I have, I've learned over this past year that I'm actually doing you a disservice by doing private coaching for me. Because if I coach with you for an hour every week or every other week, but yet I have a mentorship program that's group-based that, you know, I can give you 16 hours of coaching per month through Joe and I, through our group coaching, plus give you one-on-one coaching and accountability as well. Who do you think is going to have the better transformation? Someone having an hour with me every week or someone having 16 hours of content a month plus one-on-one coaching calls as well? Obviously, the person that's getting more information, more attention, more accessibility to what they really need for the transformation. So step back and ask yourself, how can I create an offer that gives my clients everything that they need to be supported through their transformation, plus doesn't burn me out, puts me in an environment that I enjoy being in so that everybody wins? And this is why I think group coaching programs are so valuable with the private coaching added to it. Because whether it's fitness, business, nutrition, anything, there is a bulk amount of knowledge that everybody in the group needs to hear. 
But through the private coaching is where you can manipulate some different situations that are happening in their life, answering some questions, troubleshooting, and just navigating what's happening specifically for that client through the private stuff. And you will see so much better transformation in your clients. They're actually going to love you more and you're going to get better results for them. And they're going to keep buying into your programs and your services when you create a community of people. Trust me. Trust me. I remember I had a conversation um, last week with Claudia. We were talking about how how she was structuring her business. Um, Hey, Claudia, I know you listen to the show as well. Um, And I was telling her exactly that. And the one thing that she said to me was that, hmm, I'm going to have to really reframe my mindset about this. And that's a really, really great point. When we go to change the structure of how our business is set up, like, you know, it's it's like it's changing a habit and changing your own belief in how you're valued for how you're compensated. So if you've been running your business a certain way, you're like, okay, this is what I'm used to and how I market. This is how I am used to getting results for clients. I know I probably could be giving more. I just don't have any more time to give to all these clients, right? Like how many times have you been there? This is why group group coaching is highly, highly valuable. So when we've been operating in a certain way, thinking a certain way, performing in a certain way, we instill in us a belief system that this is what people are used to. When we go to restructure the business completely differently and you go to more group-based coaching, you need to change what that is worth to the client. Because sometimes, and I've heard this, so I'm going to say it, sometimes people think, People won't value group coaching and they'll think that they're not getting enough attention for their own needs. So you just need to make sure that you position to the client and to selling and end in your own mind that you are actually giving way more value in a group coaching setting because you're actually saving time. You're not repeating yourself over and over again, and you're creating community and a support group for those people. That's highly, highly, highly beneficial. Plus, you add some private stuff so that you're still within your own values and integrity and making sure that those clients get that one-on-one attention that you know you want to give them and that they know that they need. So when it comes to restructuring an offer or how you're operating your business, you need to flip your mindset to think about how can the client value, how can the client get benefit from this more than how I'm structuring my business now? And as soon as you can get on board with that, man you're going to get a massive action to create massive shifts. And once we have that clarity and that excitement for our offers, guess what? Potential clients get excited too and you actually make more sales. I have found this every time in my my business. Like Joe and I have restructured probably like three times over the past year our business. So I'm giving you permission, like restructure your business. Like if something's not working, step back and restructure it. Whether you're not getting people into the program, whether you're not making the money that you want to make, or whether the clients aren't getting the the results that they want. Like if something's not working, and this happens all the time, and as a business owner, we always need to step back and say, okay, how can I make this better? What's not working? How can I get better results and change? And it's businesses that are always changing and always evolving to understand what the trends are that's going on, what clients really need, what works, what doesn't. This makes you a really, really good coach and a really good business owner and person. 
And if you want to be really, really great at business, have that insight that your business model and structure and program offerings are always going to be changing and be okay with that. Because if we stay stagnant, guess what? You're going to get left behind because everything is always changing. Human behavior is always changing. The needs of the market are always changing. So if you have that insightful eye to be able to step back and analyze, shift, and then get back into action, this is how business actually grows. All right? You feel me? Woo! We've been going for almost an hour here. Told you I like to talk. <laughs> I thought this would be an awesome episode episode for you. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Brianna, I hope you liked this, my love. Um, I'm going to personally send you a note in Instagram, uh, a link when this goes out so that you make sure that you see it. If you guys have any specific questions, if you liked this episode, give me content. Um, you know, I'm a content creator. You know, Hosting a content stream, we need content. And how many times have you thought... Crap, like I don't know what to post on social media today or I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> you know, your clients and your audience should be a wealth of information for the content that you put out. So please allow me to be that wealth of information for you by helping you troubleshoot and work through issues just like what Brianna reached out to me about. So I'm always happy to chat. Hit me up on Instagram, DM. Best, best, best place to reach me. And... I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show.